I just texted Ian. Let's see what that brings. Well, he messaged, like, he accepted, like, as soon as I sent the link out this morning, so. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, okay. He was, like, then the first does. one to do it. Let me ask this, Alan. You have a story you're going to tell. Yeah. You're a connoisseur of adult beverages. What would you recommend? Now, if somebody may be listening to this at, like, you know, I put them up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't yeah. recommend it. But what would you pair with this story? You have a <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, I love that. I mean, I tend to pair every story that I tell with an IPA, but that's like a little bit redundant, right? This story is a little bit unusual. Okay. So I think it calls for an an unusual drink. (gasps) Harvey Wallbanger. Done. Done. Is that a mule? Moscow mule? It's a mule. That's the take of the Moscow mule. I'm going to be inspired by Jesse. It's a Kentucky mule. That's great. But here's the thing. Jesse literally asked, are we using the video? I said no. And now you're doing visual references. Oh, yeah. She holds up her and copper cup. most beautiful, beautiful Moscow mule mug I've ever seen. It's a Kentucky mule because I, I like bourbon. In all honesty, I think a, a creative cocktail would be great. I love a good whiskey. Yeah. Uh, so I would do a whiskey-based cocktail. Start with a Manhattan as your inspiration. And then add a little bit of flair into that. Nice. All right. Very nice. That's what I'm going to go with. Adding a level of sophistication to the bunch of podcasts. I like to think of myself as sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You think Daryl's doing anything right now? Detective. See if you got can, it. See whoever jumps on first is our. Uh... I'll text him that. <laughs> so, what have you been doing, Alan? What have you been doing with yourself? Just work 24 seven, 365. Do you, do you go, um, like, do you go to the supermarket? Did you have groceries delivered? No, we go to the grocery store. We go to Trader Joe's a lot. You stand in that like line. Yeah. It's funny. Like every time I go into Trader Joe's and I see how people are shopping, I wonder if they've never shopped in a grocery store in their entire life. But in fairness, that was always Trader Joe's. That's been Trader Joe's way before a pandemic. I mean, how long can you stare at a package of soy chorizo? Like either buy it or don't. Like it's not it's not going to change in front of you. I think that people are looking at it and they're just completely they're they can't believe it's $7. <laughs> or they're like, "Can I have this many calories of soy in my diet?" What what will that do to my regularity? Or like me, like I get out so infrequently that when I'm out, sometimes I just stand there and marvel at other people moving in the same space. Yeah. And yeah. and look, there's a person who's not on a flat screen. I can see their entire body at one time. You can't see their entire body, Jesse, unless you're in uh, Naples, Florida. You can only see their eyes, uh, you know, from, from well, that's true. Yeah, in the yeah. forehead. The way you describe it, Jesse, makes me feel like you like walk up to them and touch them, like pinch them, <laughs> or like, are you a real person? Well, I I go up to try to touch them, and then I have to clean my screen because I've just put a fingerprint on my screen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, works crazy. For my next return to the podcast, we can talk about. Uh, changes coming up in work culture like how people are going to work in offices or work remotely and like trends in email use and that kind of stuff it's going to be riveting well let's see how this one goes first then we'll talk about it that's fair yeah we've never had a guest rebook themselves before they even started telling their story before yeah (laughs) i figured out you know i'm waiting to what what are we up to episode i looked at the soundcloud today it's like 150 or something like that pod uh episodes 140 
143. I say that because you would be the 144th. Great. So book me for 288, episode number 288. I'm back in. <laughs> I hope I'm not doing it oh. anymore. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like, this is the last episode we're ever doing. Now, I was funny. <laughs> I was just thinking about it, you know, because we did 100 episodes in the first run before the pandemic started. And then, uh, you know, we were just like, let's do it. You know, we're home. We can do it over Zoom. We'll just start doing it again. And I don't know what I expected it to be. And like, you know, if everything goes back to whatever normal is, if, if, if we were able to do this in person tomorrow, I believe we're going to continue doing the podcast. If, if, you know, I will be proven incorrectly or correctly at some point. I just never thought we'd be doing 40 of them like this. It's just this one, crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Nobody thought we'd be still doing this. I know. I thought I was going back to school in September. Well, you are. It just you know, it wasn't last September. Ah, September. You should all feel good because I read an article about how it was, it's a little bit ironic because it was an article in, I think, the New York Times about how media coverage of COVID currently, it always has a negative spin when in actuality, it's pretty positive, right? So we have three vaccines approved, right? Or, or two approved and one to be so approved very soon. The first two are at 95% effectiveness, basically and the J&J is at 66%. All three of those are gonna help knock down hospitalizations and deaths. You don't need to eliminate COVID. You just need it to be like the common cold. Yeah. You know, it's funny, um, Alan, and I guess anyone listening to this, we actually kind of, and you'd notice this, if you go back maybe about 20 episodes, we put the kibosh on talking about uh, the pandemic because- I, I take it. Well, no, 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 we, we were like, you don't want every episode to start off the exact same way. The reason I won't change it for you is you are one of the most negative people I've ever met. And very wow. early on when the, um, I don't mean that as a negative, like a mean That's, thing, Alan, you just have to be positive. You're though. very pragmatic. Okay. And um, I remember when the first vaccine was rolling out, you and I were talking, I think we were talking over text, but we have been talking on the phone even, and you were very positive about it. And it totally changed my outlook and gave me such a like glass half full because I was like, well, shit, if Alan is positive, not, yeah, not, not I don't mean to say positive. If <laughs> Alan is thinking positively. Yeah. If Alan becomes less pragmatic, it must be good for the nation. That's what I'm hearing from you. That's what I felt. Hey, this is Steve with the Punch-Up Podcast. With me on this episode are Jesse Preisendorfer. Hey, Steve. Ian O'Shea. Hey, Steve. Kevin Reagan. Hey, Steve. And our storyteller is Alan Williams. Alan, thanks for being here. Lily, thank you for having me. It's great to see you. You as well. I, I mean, hear you. Sorry, Kev. All right, tell us the story, Alan. All right. Uh, I hope you guys are buckled in because this is a story about how I started my global fight against the scourge of terrorism. Yes. I've been, I've been meaning to thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So you know how uh, you frequently vacation with your family in the southern coast of Spain? Sure. Fine. Yeah. Of course. Right. So Very that's fine. where the story begins. Uh, in uh, winter of 2006, uh, my family and I, my, at this point in time, just my younger sister, Carrie, myself and my parents would go to different Marriott's. They have a timeshare. And we would go to different Marriott's, mostly in the US, obviously, but this year, we decided to go to a Marriott resort that was on the southern coast of Spain, 
south of Malaga. Uh, south, south of Malaga, yeah. Was there a reason, Alan? Were, were you guys, is there a connection to Spain or it was just like, yeah, let's just do this? Yeah, just a fun, just a fun vacation. Again, we did a lot of vacationing in Florida. So this is a chance to do something really fun and new. Okay. Yeah. So again, Malaga is like a Southern coastal town. We had a rental car, you know, you drive 30 minutes South and it's the Marbella Beach Resort and Spa by Marriott. Yes, like a fine wine rolls right off the tongue. So this is not a story about that vacation. It's a story about coming back at the end of that vacation. And really where the story gets interesting is when I had not one, but two servings of garlic egg soup. Oh, I've never heard of that. Nor had I, which is why I was so intrigued to try it two times. On the plane? Yeah, where did you have the soup? On the airplane? No, no. So we were staying, our flight from Malaga to Madrid to then connect back to the States was at like five in the morning the next day. So we had gotten up the last night at like a hotel at the airport. And so we were having dinner at the little restaurant in the hotel. And their special that night was garlic egg soup. Wow. It sounded to me so ridiculous. I'm like, how can I not try that? Yeah. Yeah. So describe, describe this soup for us. Yeah, it literally looked like a bowl of warm urine like that was the color of the soup like a golden almost brownish uh color so a thick urine like it's obviously electrolytes need were wildly depleted yeah was, definitely was, was your was the was your waiter snickering as he told you <laughs> to be specials it's <laughs> funny to say that because there definitely was nobody else in the restaurant at the time Oh. So probably people had learned their lesson and run away. Before. Might have been lost in translation that, you know, that that is actually the bowl that they piss in while they're working. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they tell they tell them it's typically served at around 96 degrees. <laughs> I feel like your description is foreshadowing. It is. This is a big time foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it looks like urine and then literally just a fried egg dropped on top of it. That that was legit the entire soup. Right. And so. Was it good? But you went back for seconds. Yeah, so my sister and I both got the soup because it was the special soup. I ate mine and she didn't like it. She probably was the smarter one in the story. So she's like, do you want the rest of my soup? And I said, yes, I do. And I finished her soup as well. Yeah. So the meal finished at fine, like went to bed. Again, we were getting up super early in the morning. And like two hours later, I woke up and threw up a lot. And then over the next three hours, proceeded to throw up three more times. Ooh. Did you throw up like a whole egg? Yeah. A uh, huevo. A uh, huevo, I believe, is the... Fried yeah. huevo. Yeah. We had, there were two fried huevos that came out of my body. So how that happened four different times is unclear. <laughs> but uh, threw up a lot in this the bathroom of this Marriott. Did you even wonder what caused it or did you know not not for one second there was only one culprit it could possibly be like the other part of the meal was like a salad or a sandwich or something totally benign you don't even remember because it was not garlic egg soup correct that is absolutely correct they couldn't believe that they that that you asked for two bowls (laughs) they had to find more piss (laughs) they had to call people back in they're like get back to the hotel we need more soup Calling up like Frank to come back into the hotel. A lot of urine bucket stories this month. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> I'm glad I could help continue the theme. So uh didn't sleep. We all like woke up. At, I was already awake, obviously. Now, at, yeah, but at this point, were you like clutched in the bathroom, like yes. shivering? Uh, and, yes. Yeah, shivering. 
cold and hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, imagine, imagine the last hangover you had, where you're like, I don't want to move because if I move, my body will fall apart. Yeah. But like at that point, you have to move. Like we had a, an international flight that we had to catch. You like can't. I mean, you can, but you can't, right? Right. So I, of course, was uh, in charge of driving the rental car. Uh, <laughs> Who, who scooped you up off the bathroom floor? Yeah, I scooped myself up. Nice. You have to, like, my family at this point in time, like, my parents were very adventurous. Uh, this is 14 years ago, so my sister is still in her, like, early 20s. I am the, like, responsible one. Yeah. In terms of, like, figuring out the directions, handling the rental car, like, doing all the, the blocking and tackling. You're the guy in the hangover who gets left on the roof. Yeah. Well, no one had any mercy for me. They're like, we still need you to drive the car, even though you are death warmed over, get the car back to the, the airport. Right. I got this. <laughs> it's kind of like, again, if I, if I grab the steering wheel more tightly, will that help me not throw up for the fifth time? You, you, you're in a situation where your clothes hurt. <laughs> yeah. Everything touching me, everything, the wind blowing against my cheek, pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it ends up going, it's, it's fine. I'm just miserable. We make it onto the flight. The first leg of the flight is Malaga to Madrid, right? And Madrid is the international flight back to, you know, I mean, you know the legs. Everything in Spain goes to Madrid. Everybody knows that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. To what? Yeah. Uh, to New York? Uh, it would have been probably to Newark, I think. Okay. I pass out on the flight, finally. Like, I'm finally starting to feel a little bit better I sleep for a little bit and then I'm in that space as we're starting to descend where you're like what, what you must have looked like going through TSA or smelled like what did it smell like a mixture of both vomit and this dude's urine. He didn't yeah. look like his passport photo for sure. Not not yeah. at all. I really like the to have that be part of the memory that like like this dude who smells like he's soaked in piss and garlic with like a slight <laughs> whiff of egg. Right wandering through like clearly an american another a-hole like, fuck. Be like you know, Alan, it's it's very european so don't worry about it you, you must have just been leaning on things like anything yeah. you could lean on you were just like yeah yeah <sighs> a metal detector the x-ray machine tsa what, what are what are what are the tsa agents in spain called i don't even know matadors matadors i'll take it uh, so we're we're descending. I'm in that like space where again, you think about your you're hungover, you're feeling terrible, you're like kind of asleep, but kind of awake, you're sort of hazy aware of what's going on. And the pilot of the plane said comes on on uh, the overhead and is like, ladies and gentlemen, we've begun our initial descent. Uh, just be aware when we land, we'll be uh, not going into the gate because there's been an explosion at the Madrid airport. Okay. And so, my first reaction is like, I'm obviously dreaming. This is a dream. What a weird dream this is. And so I finally like shake myself away and look around and like everyone has this reaction of like WTF, like what has happened? This is totally insane. So we literally land at the Madrid airport and sure enough, they just park about 50 feet from the gate. So they think that somebody on your plane might have had something to do with this bombing or they probably grounded all the flights from Madrid. So it, the they grounded all the flights that were coming in or going out of this one terminal. It's like terminal four, the like local terminal. It's like the terminal F at Philly airport, you know, it's like all yeah. the short haul flights. It's like that one common protocol. Yeah. What happens when there's a bombing? Uh, 
so yeah, so they parked us 50 feet from the terminal and literally just like put down the stairs and said, get out of the plane. So we like got out onto the tarmac and like literally just milling about on the tarmac. No one, there was no information. No one knew what was going on. They literally just closed down the airport they, uh, and the, or the terminal and they didn't, no one at the airport knew what to do. I mean, it was a bombing that basically destroyed the entire parking garage of terminal four, which was like a brand new terminal. Like they had opened it 10 months earlier uh, to like much fanfare. So it like blew up the parking garage and like tore down the um, uh, like part of the terminal. So we literally are milling about, eventually they let us back in to the terminal and it was just complete mayhem all throughout the terminal. So here we are like not speaking any Spanish, like nobody knows what's going on everybody running around like crazy people. And the worst part is they shut down the connections between the terminals. So like we had to go to the international terminal to get home. So we completely missed our flight back to the States. Ooh. Alan, does your adrenaline oh kick God. in with all this and start to at least make you feel a little bit better? Uh, so it's interesting. Remember that time you told me that I was negative and or pragmatic. Pragmatic, yeah. Pragmatic. So this is where my negative pragmatism, pragmatism kicked in, where I'm the guy that's like, I will solve this problem. I will run around and I will like pretend that I can speak Spanish, which I like knew 15 words. I like try to find people that had information. Where are the signs? Like what's available to get my family through this situation? And all I wanted to do was like get on the plane for the eight hour flight back and just pass out. That's all I wanted to do. Um, but I was like starting to feel good enough to like wander around the airport and try to get this information. Okay. So there's a reason you you lean towards the negative outlook. Uh, is one of your favorite phrases? Well, it can't get any worse. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly it. Just live in just live in the moment. Just sink right into it. I bet you stop saying that. Yeah, not anymore. I'm never saying. It can always get worse. It can definitely always get worse. Yeah. So we missed our flight and we had to find a bus to go into downtown Madrid. This is actually the part of the story, as I'm telling where I'm like, it probably is a, a story. It, well, it absolutely is a story of privilege because it started with vacationing on the southern coast of Spain. So you're yeah. already smacked yeah. in a world of privilege there. Plus two bowls of urine and egg, not one, two. Right. Is, is two. Yeah, there are many people that would. That and, would and, then, and then he had the luxury to just throw it all up without a care in the world. <laughs> yeah, didn't even need to use it to nourish my body in any way, oh, shape or form. I'm done with it. Deposited back. Now I'm rec remembering that we caught a bus that went to another hotel in downtown Madrid. So we got to like see the sights of Madrid as we like got the, nice. uh, yeah. the bus in. And then we got to the hotel, checked in, and I literally, literally did go to my hotel room and just passed out for for the rest of the night. Like I was like- Didn't want to risk that restaurant? See what the soup- Didn't was. go anywhere near the restaurant. Had you gotten your luggage? No, no, no luggage. So that was all like, I guess, kept at the airport, transferred. That blew up, that was in terminal four. <laughs> they put it in the parking garage and it got, it got blown up. So yeah, so I stayed the night in Madrid and then we were we were able to, to finally get on like the flight the next morning and, and get back home. 
So that's the terrorist attack part of the story. Did, that did any of your clothes fit or had you lost like 75 pounds <laughs> in those two days? <laughs> it actually is my new weight loss technique as I no longer, I don't exercise or eat right. I just eat whatever I want. And then two healthy doses of egg garlic soup. Yep. Bowls of urine, please. So we made it back to the States and like, because this was like an unknown, unplanned terrorist attack, we were able to file to get the insurance company, the travel insurance company to pay for that night in the hotel and like the other costs associated with it. And my favorite part of this whole story is that, I mean, obviously insurance companies, they denied it the first time. Wait, they denied what? The terrorist attack? So this is, this is literally what they said. They said that because in the, in the small print of the policy, it says, if there is an attack by a known terrorist organization that has happened in the area that you're going to within the past six months, then uh, we like won't cover it. If it's a second attack, we won't cover your costs. That's really? An old clause. That's a really old clause. Yeah. It's been there since 2018. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, this is not, yeah. We're getting killed on people with return trips to known terrorist spots. <laughs> We're not covering it anymore. Now it's going to include flights to D.C. So, yeah, you know, some of those bastards are just flying to those places that are dangerous. So they can oh, just yeah. open. Talk about privilege. Hey, what are you guys doing? Should we go to Syria again this weekend? Yeah, I told you guys that this was a story about terrorism, but really, I should have said it's a story about privilege and it's a story about taking advantage. Of, well, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Flip two sides of the same coin. Mm. When they denied it, they uh, said, here's the proof that you should have known that there was there have been attacks. And the two sources were one, a website where you had to like have a paid subscription to get access to it. Come so on. like, yeah, never would have known. And the other was Geo Cities. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the other source was Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, yeah. They entered that that morning. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I literally had so much fun writing the letter back to them and saying like, dear summer intern that did the Google search for this. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you why I will not accept your Wikipedia uh, reference for this. Uh, so we sent it back and they ended up paying for the, for the night of the hotel. Oh, nice. yeah, but how many people were deterred the first time? Oh yeah. Oh, well we tried. Yeah. Probably, probably 90% of people I'd imagine. Yeah. Same with healthcare claims. All in all, a pretty good trip. Pretty, pretty good trips. Got that terrorist attack. So you can actually, you can go online if you want. You can search on Wikipedia for the 2006 Madrid Barajas airport bombing. Mm -hmm. And you can read all about this attack by, by ETA. They're a Basque separatist group that wants to declare independence for the Basque country. Which of these uh, bombings can I read about? The first one or the second one? You well, yeah, were you, you were the second one? We were the second one in the series. There actually had been bombings and killings and attacks since I want to say like uh, 1998 yeah. uh, or so. So they were active like 1998 to 2010, really. So 2006 would have been the peak. The second attack was the second bowl of soup. Yeah. That's how they looked at it. It's like they did one attack and then one of the ETA sisters was like, mm, I don't like my attack. You want it? And they're like, yeah, I'll take it. Take it. And thus. And thus the second attack. And that's exactly how it went. So the moral of the story is no matter what you do, don't ever get that second helping mm. of garlic egg drop soup. You think it was the second one that threw you over or was it the first one? Probably half of the first and half of the second. 
probably just the smell of the soup to begin with oh. was like, I really went bad with it. I don't guess that your family's religious, but I bet for the rest of that day, your sister was walking around giving herself the sign of the cross and just yeah. setting up a prayer. Totally avoided the issue there. Uh -huh. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Had she even tried it? But she took like three bites of it and decided she didn't like it. Yeah, she was wise. Does she bring it up ever? Does she let you in on like bring it up she has not brought it up in years but now that we're telling this story i'm going to absolutely call her up tomorrow and say hey do you remember that time that you caused me to get sick this is your purposeful choice and i got sick because of it and then there's a terrorist bombing so yeah. maybe she's basque <laughs> hey alan what can we plug for you buddy uh, I want you to just plug everybody being kind and friendly to one another yeah. because we all need some love in this time. This is the Punch Up podcast. We punch. Yeah, again, I, you know, trying to be positive. We've all got stuff going on in our lives. It's a crazy time out there. We're not talking about the pandemic because you can't have every podcast start and end with that. So let's end it with love and being good to each other. All right. That sounds good to me. Love it. Thanks, Alan. That was awesome. I agree with the last part of what you said today. I appreciate that. If I could get even just one bit of agreement, I'm going to take that and put it right in the bank. Two servings of agreement. Take two servings. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it.